Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that was harder to live. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into a New Year's Eve 2015 edition of the Hoopers Log. It is episode 41 on our daily series here Thursday, New Year's Eve 2015, December 31st, 2015 here, episode 41. We had a lot to get to today, for this is our last episode of the year, literally of the year, because we will not be doing a show tomorrow, and we will not be doing a show uh over the weekend. So our next show will be on the 4th of January, same time, same place. And after that, we will do, we'll go from there. Um, But this is our last show of the year. And uh, we are excited to have you here with us. Obviously today is not all about uh, basketball as today is the college football playoffs. Uh, It starts today, but there are a couple of games in the world of college basketball that are on right now, right now, uh, Villanova and Xavier. Nova is taking Xavier behind the woodshed and beating them like a redhead stepchild. 92 to 59. Yeah, let me repeat that. 92 to 59. Yes, that is redheaded stepchild behind the woodshed getting beaten traumatic. I'm, I don't want to get too graphic, but dear Lord, 30 point blowout by number six ranked Xavier. They clearly are celebrating their New Year's Eve a little early in that one. Another ranked game tonight, uh, well, not tonight, but here shortly, actually. It starts in about a half an hour. Providence at Butler, two top 12 teams in the country. Providence number 12, Butler number 9. There are a couple, three other games this weekend that are ranked in the world of college basketball. Conference play is in full effect in the world of college basketball, but we are going to be back here talking about college basketball a lot more starting next week when we really dive into more of the ranked matchups and what's going on. Clearly, the new, the new rankings will be out next Monday, and we'll get that going. Andrew Norris is here on the line today. Andrew, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. My computer's kind of going to crap on me, but I'm uh, trying to fix it here while, while we're going. I'm still here while I'm fixing it, but uh, I'm trying to get the quality a little bit better. That's all good. Hey, no worries, man. We're here on New Year's Eve. Uh, we're doing some big things here in the Hooper's Log, clearly. Uh, my name is Simo Buckets. Andrew Norris is my co-host. Uh, my website is SimoBuckets.com if you want to know more about our show. That score just went final, by the way. Villanova just won 95-64, to a 31-point blowout. Blowout city in the Big East as that happened there. Uh, we'll talk more about college basketball as we move forward. We'll give you our college football playoff predictions, year two as it begins tonight. 
at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern here. In about a couple hours, that will get kicked off. Um, but here we're here to talk about basketball. A lot happened in the world of the NBA, and clearly a lot happened in the world in just basketball in general. Andrew, you ready to get it going? Glad to do it. And Kevin Hart kicking it off for the final time in 2015. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Yes, we will learn today. Yes, we will learn today. Ten games in the world of the NBA last night and a couple of college basketball games to get to as well. Uh, nothing major in the world of college basketball. I just wanted to kick it off real quick. Andrew, you live out in the Detroit area, and last night there was a team who clearly uh, challenged a team in Michigan State uh, a couple of, you know, about a week ago, but they challenged a team in Virginia as well. They lost 71-58, to but this guy, Khalil Felder, uh, 30 points and one rebound was unbelievable for Oakland. And this Oakland team, if I'm not mistaken, they, they're a team where come March, they might be a spoiler. And I know you live out there in Detroit, and that's where they're located. But what can you tell me about this Oakland team off the top of your head that you know about? And give us some information out there to the people out there listening to the Hoopers Log who don't know, know, know much about this Oakland team who have been really lighting it up against big teams lately. Yeah, I mean, they're literally 15 minutes away from my house. It's a college that, you know, it's kind of like when you don't go to the big universities, that's where you're going to go. Not to, like, this Oakland or anything. Uh, my girlfriend actually yeah. plans on going. Um, but they, they've been in the tournament, I want to say, two out of the last five years. That um, They have a great coach. Uh, they, they never, you know, obviously aren't going to get any big-time recruits, not even, like, three stars. But they're going to find a way to win find a way to compete against big teams. And, and I mean, when they, they play top 25 games every single year, and they compete every single year. Um, it, it, it never changes. It, it's a consistent program. Uh, you know, it's never going to be a program that can get in the tournament every year just because who they have to who they have on, on their roster. They have, a, like I said, a great coach, but you can only do so much with so little. And this is a team that, you know, it, it, it's it's going to play spoiler, or it's going to come close to playing spoiler every year. They're eight and five, so their their March hopes are already looking uh, bleak. You know, they would be, you know, if they didn't play these top twenty five teams all the time, it'd be a lot easier for them to get in. Um, but this is a, a a good and very very underrated team. That anytime your team plays them, watch out. Man, I would agree. There, they they really are one of those sleeper teams coming into this season especially with the way they've been playing. I mean, with you saw that game against Michigan State, you saw a team really determined to, to go out and ruin some dreams, and, and they, they played outstanding. They didn't win, but they played unbelievable. Another, another guy who's coming up, a guy named Diamond Stone. Yes, freshman phenom for the Maryland Terps. 39 points, 12 rebounds, and a steal for the Maryland Terps as they beat Penn State. It was a close one there for a Big Ten matchup, 70-64, to 64, but he had 39 points and 12 rebounds. Look, what's your take on this Diamond Stone? I know you're a Mellow Trimble fan. I am too. I love that guy. Um, but when it comes to Diamond Stone, what, what's your take on this guy and his team? Yeah, as, as you guys all know, I'm a huge recruiting nut, okay? So I heard about this guy when he was in 10th grade, um, and he was already – Six foot ten, and he was big. I mean, he was thick. He wasn't one of those six ten, uh, you know, Kristaps Porzingis type skinny guys. Kevin uh, Garnett know, type no, guys. Yeah. yeah, no, this guy was, and I, he wasn't ripped or anything. This guy was 
he was pretty fat, you know. <laughs> it was fat on his body. It yeah, not, yeah. But, but that, that fat has helped him up to this point. And you can see the the way if you go look at his film from when he was a sophomore in high school to now his freshman year in college, he he is really um, transforming his body. And be, you know, he still isn't ripped by any means, but he he's starting to shed some of the baby fat. He's starting to put on some muscle, and it obviously showed here against Penn State fifty Lions. Um, he, he's a lottery pick, okay? This guy's probably going to get picked ahead of Melo Trimble. Wow. Probably going to get picked ahead of Rashid Suleiman. Um, you know, that, that, it's 39 and 12. He went 19 for 25 from the free throw line. Um, he's wow. now averaging 13 and 5 on the year. Uh, people like his game. Obviously, if you're playing college, you'd much rather have Melo Trimble. People like his game for the NBA yeah. game a lot more. Uh, you know, 6'10", thick. Skilled already. The guy can hit a jumper. Um, obviously, he can make his free throws. Unlike the guy I get to watch every night, Andre Drummond, he he went nine, especially in college. That's that's showing the skill, the work ethic. Because free throws don't come. I mean, you see Andre Iguodala; he's shooting forty-five percent from three and forty-five percent from the free throw line. So it's not like free throws are just something that you're born with. Free throws are something you work on and you get. Um, it, he obviously led the team in this one. And now you you really have a three headed monster in yes. in Diamond Stone, Mellow Trimble, and Rashid Sulaiman, and that they're going to be incredibly, incredibly hard to compete with come March. You know, another fun guy to watch, and I know we're getting on the college basketball bandwagon, but seriously, all of conference play is starting as of tonight and tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting time in the world of college basketball shortly. But one more question before we get to the NBA. Grayson Allen of Duke. Duke, again, scoring 100 points, un-Mike Krzyzewski-like, 103-81 to 81 over Long Beach State. They're now 11-2, and two, number 15 in the country. They'll go up in the ranking. Grayson Allen, though, just you talk about a generic white guy. 33 points, five rebounds, <laughs> six assists. Now, he looks, he looks like – now, I, I, okay, for people who haven't been watching this guy or don't know much about this guy, look, I look at him, and when you, when you type him into Google or you search him, he looks like the generic white guy who, you know, the, the stony little face kid, you know, just generic. But when you watch his game, he is freakish. Like, I watched a highlight reel of this kid in high school, and I'm telling you, he don't look like no generic white boy when he plays the game of basketball. He can dunk the ball with the best of them. He is a guy who you'll see in the NBA probably compete in a dunk contest, and people will be like, what the heck is this guy doing here? I'm telling you, this guy has got some serious bounce. And he went off last night in the game against, granted, Long Beach, but he went off, and there's a reason why he's playing at Duke. 33 points, five rebounds, and six assists. That is a monster performance by a fella who, I mean, honestly, when you look at him, you're kind of like, huh? But then when you watch him play, you're like, okay, we get it. He's talented. He has got the skills. Now, does his, do you think his skills will translate to the NBA, or do you think he's just kind of going to be a great college player, and then when he gets to the NBA, he's going to be one of those guys who – sits on the bench and plays maybe five minutes throughout his career. I think you're looking at a, a good rotation player. I don't think you're looking at a great NBA player or somebody who's going to yeah. you know, go to all-star games. But I think, you know, sixth man, seventh man coming off the bench could be very, very effective. And I'm talking the top top five, sixth, or seventh man, the guys who can start, but, you know, you'd rather just pull them off your bench. Um, now, like I said, not great. Um, but effective, and, and for where he's going to be, you know, picked, that's really what you're looking for. You know, and, and you know what he reminds me of, and I hate to use the comparison now because it's so premature, but it's but it's it's fair in the statement of, look, 
I mean, look at how the Orlando Magic as we transition to as we transition to the NBA. And I know he isn't even. I don't even. Is he on the? Yeah, yeah, he's playing. He he. So he. This is exactly exactly what I wanted to make a comparison to. He reminds me a lot of Mario Hazonia, really though. I mean, he has got the bounce. He's got the athleticism. He's got the skill set. But I don't necessarily know if he is going to jump into the league and be effective immediately or even. Uh, eventually throughout his career. He's going to be a guy, like you said, off the bench, be decent. If he gets to the NBA, I mean, who knows? Again, it's all premature to, to speculate and talk about, but that's kind of the kind of player I see him as like, Amario Hazonia. He looks awesome at Duke, and I hope he gets this team across the across the point of playing as a, as a good team to a great team, and they can do that. It's Duke. It's Mark Krzyzewski. They're always going to play great uh, early on in the year. It's just about those later portions of the year, like come March, when really they start to struggle um, and they've always been known to do that over the last at least 10, 15 years outside of maybe a couple of years. I'm like, you know, last year they won the championship, but they had Jaleel Okafor. You know, if they didn't have Jaleel Okafor, I don't think that would have been the case. But they had the talent. Justice Winslow, Jaleel Okafor, very, very talented team. A couple other guys, too, I forget to mention. But outside of that year, I mean, they're known to struggle late in the year um, because they just they, they either have too much talent. They, there's always a different perspective that comes forth for Duke. But outside of that, I mean, if he can get them over the top, then maybe he'll do something in the NBA. But let's move on to the NBA, shall we? Uh, we got 10 games on the schedule from last night. We're not going to run through all of them because we have a lot of things to get to when it comes to the world of basketball. But I just mentioned the Orlando Magic, and last night they got the victory. They beat the Brooklyn Nets. They beat a team they're supposed to. Look, I'm going to keep harping this until this team starts to struggle. But this Orlando Magic team could easily be 25 and they could easily have 25 wins right now, and they could be a team that ha- that could be 25 and seven. They could. They started off the year with so many close games, and one of the best games of the year, obviously of 2015, was between Orlando and and uh, Oklahoma City in that first week of the NBA season. A double overtime, unbelievable basketball game between the two, and that that was all I needed to know of the skill set of the Orlando Magic. And they keep following through. They keep beating the teams they're supposed to. Look, the Orlando Magic remind me a lot of my, going to a football term, my Minnesota Vikings. Look, they're not good enough to compete in the, in the, in the playoffs. They're not going to do anything come playoff time this year. But when it comes to them beating the teams they're supposed to, they get it done. When they contend and they compete and they play to their strengths, they're going to win and they're going to be in ball games. They're not going to always show up all the time. When they play really good teams, they're not going to always be there. But when it comes to their ability to compete against big time, you know, teams like the Brooklyn Nets, like last night, they're going to win ball games like they're supposed to. 193. They're now 19 and 13 heading into this New Year's uh, New Year's uh, weekend, and I'm telling you, man, they could win their 20th game coming up here over the weekend. They're going to be playing a team in Cleveland, which we'll get to that game later. But that's a huge litmus test in Cleveland for this Orlando Magic team. What do you see from this team so far, Andrew, as we've been talking about them over the last month and a half? And even in the preseason, I mentioned, look, this is the team where all they need to do is have a couple of guys step up. And Nikola Vucevic is playing his style of game. you got Alfred Payton, and you got Victor Oladipo playing the way that they're playing. This is a team where, seriously, if they just keep winning the way they're winning against teams they're supposed to, they could be a lethal threat come, you know, come February if all goes well in, in, in January. They're the fifth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. What's your take on them? No, and they're doing it with all with Victor Oladipo playing awful. Um, he is not yes. been what, what we expect. I shouldn't say himself because he's still so young, so we don't fully know what he is, but he's averaging 12 points 
on 38% shooting. He, he's, he's got benched a couple times. Um, one thing I want to yeah. disagree with you on is Mario Hazonia. I think this guy's going to compete for all-star spots in his career. Um, I think oh, he's awesome. Okay. Uh, he's already shooting 41% from three, 93% from the free throw line. It, he's just he's got to find a way to get those minutes, and that that's going to come. Um, but this, this Magic team, when you look at some of the players who they're playing, I mean, Shannon Fry, uh, Evan Fournier, who's turned into a, a, a great a great shooting guard or small forward, whatever you want to put him at. Option he's averaging 15 points yeah. a game. Yeah, he, he's been playing awesome. Uh, the growth from Aaron Gordon has been very, very impactful. Um, do I think this team is as good as their record has been so far in 1913? No, I don't. I think, you know, later in the year, inconsistency is going to come up. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that could all be changed by Victor Oladipo improving improving how he's played so far this year. The, you know, it, it's a team, I, I think they'll probably end up right around the ninth seed, maybe lose it the last five games of the season. Uh, but, that, you know, it's, again, it, it, they're a young team. Uh, if you look at their core, they have so much room to grow. It's Bias Harris. Vucevic, uh, yeah. he, he's probably pretty close to his ceiling. But Alfred Payton, Aaron Gordon, Mario Hazonia, Shabazz Napier, Victor Oladipo. I mean, just think about that core. Those guys are all under 23, 24 years old. Um, so, you know, they, they beat the Nets, the 9 and 23, now Nets. Um, but this Magic team, it's a team you definitely don't want to play if you're floating around that 8th seed, 7th seed, because, you know, they're going to be fighting with you. But not only that, they might, you know, be better than you. On their good nights, they're a playoff team. Uh, but the problem is they're so young that they're going to have a lot of bad nights. Yeah, and I agree with that. I, I think that down the stretch, uh, coming January, we'll, trust me, we'll know in January what this team is made of. This, this is the month coming up, January, where I mentioned over and over and over, but it's so apparent. And you'll and if you look at the schedules of these teams, it just becomes that obvious that January is the month of separation. Once we get into All-Star Weekend, a couple weeks into February, we'll really know the the heart and soul of each team. We will know what they're made of. We will know what it takes for them to compete and how they get better. We saw it last year with Cleveland. They went from literally the bottom to the Eastern Conference champions. They did. They were they were a team that was middle of the pack, struggling to even contend in a you know, granted the Eastern Conference wasn't as parody driven as it is now, but they were still not where we all thought they'd be. They were like a fourth or fifth seed around this time last year, and right now they're dominating and struggling, which struggling, which just lets you know how great they really are. But we'll know how how teams are going to play out after next month. And next month is a huge indication of what could happen to come. Clippers get the victory over the Hornets last night, 122 to 117. Chris Paul, another fantastic performance, 19 points and 11 assists. Uh, I forget to mention a wipe over the performance in the Nets and uh, in the Nets and a magic game. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 24 points, 15 rebounds, five blocks, three steals, and two assists. Just a monster performance from him. A 51 on the old whiteboard. But with starting, starting in the new year of 2016, we will use this new one, which I think is even better, and I think it's more accurate of what should be happening. From now Amen. on, like I said, after if a, team, if, if a guy goes 20 and 10, his rebounds doesn't matter. If he scores 20 points and has 10, re- 10 rebounds or more, we add the overtime bonus, which is basically, look, for Brooke Lopez in this one, we, add, we, don't, we, don't, do, we don't do half points, but we do, but we do give them the, the, the checkpoint. So Brooke Lopez in this one gets the seven added extra rebounds because he had 15 rebounds. It gives him an overtime bonus. 
so he gets a 58 on the scale. I feel like that's more accurate. I feel like that's a better indication of their performance, so we're going to be doing that starting out. So that means Andre Drummond's performances this year of his 20 and 20s, he's probably got a couple of 70 performances in there with those performances. So uh, we'll, we'll re- reevaluate those late. We'll, re- we'll reevaluate those later uh, at the end of the season, and I'll go back and look at them. Uh, but for now, we're just going to look at it as the old performance, and then starting next month, we will use that. But still, Brook Lopez, a wiper with performance in that one. And, 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 that, and that only applies to big men. It does not apply to guys like James Harden who get 25 and 10 or Russell Westbrook who get 25 and 10 all the time. That doesn't apply to them. It only applies to the big men because that's not fair. I mean, the, the little guys can get assists like it's nothing. So if you have a true center, he's not going to get assists. Like, you know, Andre Drummond is not going to get eight assists. It's not going to happen. Andre Drummond is maybe going to get two or three at a maximum. And so that's not fair to not apply it to them. So they deserve to get that extra bonus when they get that 20 and 10 and even better. So, okay, so that's the whiteboard the performance there. Lakers beat the Celtics again here on CLNS Radio listening. If you want to call into the FanDuel Studios and call in live, the phone number is uh, 323-642-1558 is the number. Now, again, here on CLNS, we, we, we commemorate our Boston Celtics, obviously. Uh, the Lakers, though, they get their sixth victory of the year beating the Boston Celtics, who are now dropped to 18 and 14. Kobe Bryant, again, final time in Boston. He gets a double-double, 15 points and 11 rebounds. Um, again, uh, he's getting his, his tour going, and everyone's starting to love him. But I thought it was interesting last night hearing the boos and the, 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 the combination of boos and cheers in Boston. It was a love-hate thing, and they've always had that feel here um, with the Boston Celtics. And knowing that it's Kobe Bryant's last time in Boston – uh, pretty pretty cool stuff from him. Uh, if you caught any of this game, Andrew, what was your take on the on the reaction in Boston? Uh, I love to see the respect there. Um, yeah, when a great player, no matter how heated the rivalry's been, uh, no matter how much you hated the player at one point, when when a top ten all time player is retiring, the league is going to change. Um, and I think, you right. know, if anybody knows how special, you know, all-time great players are, it would be Boston Celtics fans with Larry Bird, Bill Russell, uh, you, you know, just in history of this franchise. Um, you know, Celtics fans can be among the most ruthless fans in the entire NBA. They're probably the most knowledgeable fans on top of that in the entire NBA. Um, you know, I'm not a big Celtics yep. fan. Even though we're here on CLNS, I, I've gotten plenty of arguments with Celtics fans. Um, but, you know, the, these are some of the most knowledgeable and some of the best fans in all of sports. Um, so I just thought yeah. it was awesome. I mean, Kobe, 5 for 18. He had 11 rebounds, which was kind of cool to see. But, you know, he's still shooting 34% on the season. Uh, that little wave of momentum he has looks to be gone, you know, where you're shooting 50% for a couple of games or near it. Um, but it, it's just cool to see, you know, his play doesn't matter at this point. You know, I want him in the All-Star game. I want him to play every single road game possible. Um, because the, the, especially when it's an Eastern Conference team, it's only one chance he'll have this year to play there. Um, and, you know, you just hope he stays healthy, and you hope every fan base can appreciate him the way the, the Boston Celtics did. You know, the fan base that probably hated him the most appreciated him just as much as anybody else, and it was awesome to see. 
You know what's really cool is every time he goes to a different arena for the last time, quote-unquote, especially in the Eastern Conference, each crowd and fan base gives him a different reaction and there's a different type of, like, love given to him, which I think is really cool because I know with Derek Jeter and a couple other famous, you know, players going out on their own terms and things like that, um, they, they, they kind of overdo it. But in, in basketball, they don't really overdo it. They just kind of give him a quick sentiment. And then the crowd gives their reaction, and they give him that kind of love that he deserves from a different way. And I think that's really cool and unique uh, compared to other sports and other ways players have left uh, their respective sports. So the Lakers can get the victory there, 112 to 104. Raptors beat the Wizards last night, 94-91. John Wall gets another wipe away the performance, 19 points, 11 assists, seven rebounds, and five steals of 54 right there in the wipe away the performance. DeMar DeRozan, though, probably had performance of the night, 34 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, and two blocks, a 54 on the wipe away the performance scale. He went off in that one. Again, the Raptors getting their 20th victory of the season. Game of the night, though. Uh, clearly, clearly game of the night as the uh, as the Bulls and Pacers played. Uh, this was play of the night, clearly. The game-winning play by Jimmy Butler. Wow. Left, left, left. They get it to tell you what, Powell, it was a touch pass to the rim. That was a, that was a great play out, out, of the, out of the break. Watch that this. well-designed play. Yeah, that was an awesome play. If you get to go check it out on YouTube or through the uh, NBA app, uh, check it out. It was an unbelievable game uh, pass there. And I'm telling you, I know the Bulls, I, I've been kind of ragging on the Bulls over the last week, but you've got to give them their due credit. They've won their last couple of ball games. They're now 18 and 12, hovering back to a position in the Eastern Conference. And look, like I said, going into January, we're going to ultimately know what the Bulls are made of. And, and what I've seen to this point, I don't think they're going to make it through what the Eastern Conference has right now. And honestly, I would not be shocked if the Bulls even missed the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to miss, but it wouldn't shock me. Considering what I've seen and how this team's been playing, Joakim Noah's been out. Derrick Rose is still not playing well. He didn't play last night because he was hurt. Jimmy Butler has had to carry that team and play out of his mind. And Paul Gasol's finally stepping it up a little bit. Not that he's been playing bad. But with the Indiana Pacers playing tough, Miami Heat being healthy, Boston Celtics really playing well, Charlotte, Detroit is clearly going to make a run, Washington getting a little bit better. Um and then you got your three teams in the top, Toronto, Atlanta, and Cleveland. It's going to be tough for the Bulls to hang in there. Um, I don't know if you caught this one last night, Andrew, but what is your take on this on this rivalry? I'm telling you, this conference with, uh, with excuse me, this division with, uh, with all these teams is, I think it's the best division in basketball, to be honest. Detroit, Indiana, Chicago, and Cleveland, all four of those teams have a legit chance to really screw things up in the Eastern Conference. The Pistons can. They're talented as all get up. I saw your tweet on, I saw your tweet on uh, Reggie uh, Jackson getting into the All-Star game. If he's not in the All-Star game, that's a serious travesty. The guy has been one of the top five point guards in the NBA of the season so far. Uh, Indiana has clearly come up out of nowhere with the way Paul George has been playing and that whole team, and, and Monte Ellis has been getting better. Uh, the Bulls have, again, they're kind of falling off that trend, but they're still solid, and Jimmy Butler is one of the best shooting guards in the league, maybe the best. Uh, and then Cleveland is, I think, the best team in, in all of – and honestly, in my opinion, in all of the Eastern Conference and maybe a top three, top two team in the NBA. What would you take on this one if you got to catch it at all? 
Yeah, I, I, it was, uh, I guess, disappointing is the word I want to use from the Pacers' perspective. Uh, Paul George playing better. You know, he was my MVP earlier this season. Um, they, right. And the way his his fell off has just been astounding. Over his last five games, he's averaging 13 points, six rebounds, four assists, 29% from three, and 27% from the field. Uh, you know, it, it's been really just kind of weird. And 57% from the free throw line. You don't know if maybe, um, yeah. you know, you don't want to go straight to it, but maybe it's his leg, maybe his leg hurts, maybe he can't get the lift he was getting in the beginning of the year. Um, or maybe it's just a cold stretch. you got to hope it's just a cold stretch, especially with a guy who came back so strong from such a horrific injury. But, you know, it's, uh, the more he plays like this, the more it looks like, you know, he might be worse. Than, he he might have hit an extremely hot stretch, and he might not be as good as he was before the leg injury. I, you know, he's obviously still averaging 24 points, still averaging something like seven rebounds and six assists. So I don't want to jump on the whole Paul George's not as good as we thought he right. was thing because the guy is still the guy is still great. Even if he was as good as when before he got injured, still great. I do think he's better than he was before he got injured because he, when he got injured, he got to work on the things he wasn't great at, like three point shooting, things along those lines, and ball handling. But you know, if I'm a Pacers fan, yeah. I am a little bit concerned. I am maybe hoping for you know a week of rest if this keeps up, just sit him out for a week. You know, they're gonna stay in the playoffs contention at least they're they're a good team outside of Paul George but they have to make sure he's healthy to make a serious run well January is the month January is the month where we see guys take that rest we've seen it LeBron's done it we've seen other players do it in the past where January is the month where you see teams start to kind of kind of uh experiment with other lineups with guys out guys in uh just I'm telling you, January is is a really hodgepodge of a month to really figure out what happens. It's really the spin cycle month of the NBA because by the end of January, we have no idea who's going to come out and really be the contending teams. Because by then, every once January is over and the Super Bowl is over, everyone's focusing on the NBA, college basketball. That's what everyone's focusing on. So January will figure it out really where they stand. And if Paul George can get healthy, like you said, over this next couple of months, excuse me, in this next couple of weeks, month or so, then, then we'll know where Indiana stands. And, and, again, I hate to kind of preface, oh, you know, wait till January. But seriously, we will figure it out come January, and I agree with you. He's been playing great, but he has been kind of falling off a little bit. But the play of George Hill and the play of Monte Ellis have really helped this team generate. And you're starting to see an identity in, in, in Indiana that's really uh, uh, second to none when it comes to identities in the Eastern Conference outside of maybe a Cleveland or uh, a couple other teams out there. Uh, Timberwolves get the win over the Jazz last night, 94-80. Ricky Rubio had an outstanding performance. Uh, he had 17 assists. That's automatically going to get you wipe away the performance. It's crazy. Uh, Ten points, two rebounds, three steals. He was only he had a 49, so he was very close. Uh, but still, a 17 assist is outrageous. Carl Anthony Towns double double man, 25 points, 10 rebounds. There, uh, clearly, if we were doing a wipe away the performance thing, uh, he would have a 40. Uh, he wouldn't quite get it, but that's still an outstanding performance, nonetheless. Um, and the and the Timberwolves get a win there. They finally get to come back on that one. Warriors get destroyed by the Mavericks. Uh, this is one thing I wanted to hit upon. First of all, J.J. Barea has been playing outstanding for the Mavericks, 23.6 assists. He's been playing out of his mind as of late. But the one thing I wanted to hit upon is now every single media outlet, I wouldn't say every single media outlet, but majority of them are saying, oh, the Warriors lost this game, and they're going to lose games, and they're going to struggle because – 
Steph Curry's out, and, you know, since he's injured, he's now, oh, now his MVP case goes through the roof. Look, people, I, I don't want to hear the fact that just because Steph Curry's out that this team lost this game. Look, there was everybody in this ball game played garbage. Everyone played terrible. The only guys who played well were the guys off the bench, and that was because they had all this free-range time to play. Look, the score was not indicative of what actually happened. This was a 30-point ball game pretty much the entire time, and the, the Warriors just found a way to keep it within 20 points near the end. So this was a Mavericks drubbing. This was a game we see the Dallas Mavericks played absolutely fantastic. Um, and the people saying that just because Steph Curry was out just means, oh, that they're not going to win ballgames. Look, look, people, this team is good enough without Steph Curry. You're going to see it happen from time to time. They're going to have off nights, and unfortunately they just decided to have an off night on the same day that Steph Curry claimed that he was going to be out. That didn't mean that that doesn't mean if Steph Curry was in, he was going to score 40 points and carry this team to a 10 point victory. That wasn't going to happen tonight. Everyone just had an off night. Does it, does it not help that Clay Thompson gets the extra coverage because Steph Curry has gone? Sure. But that's maybe taking away 10 points. They still would have lost by 14, 13 points last night. They got dominated. They just got beat real bad. Andrew, what's your take on that? You see, I don't think um, Steph Curry being out affects Klay Thompson as much. It obviously affects him, but I don't think it affects him as much as you'll see when they go up and do the pick and roll, it's the most effective pick and roll in basketball because the big man is also always, always worried about Steph Curry getting that open three because he only needs half a second to get it off. Um, So you're missing those easy roll-to-the-baskets for dunks, and that's what makes this Warriors team so good. Even even more so, well, it's caused by the three-point shooting, but then that that, those are the plays that make you know this team great. You know, the three-point shooting is what makes three-point shooting is what makes this team great. The easy rolls of the baskets, the easy dunks, the easy oops is what makes this team all-time great. Um, So I think you're missing. In that aspect, do I think they lose last night with or without Steph Curry? 100%. I don't think they have a chance with Steph Curry. Um, you know, they came out and they played poor, but, but you know, we can't say yes or no for sure because we don't know if maybe they played poor because, you know, they were down, their mentality sucked. Um, but for all the people who think we're laughing at LeBron last year because of injuries, laugh at this Warriors team now yeah. because I guess injuries don't matter, right? Um, so, yeah, right. There because it still bugs me, but uh, you know it, it's disappointing to see a team can't step up without their best player. Um, you know, in, in voters' eyes, it will help his case uh, for MVP, which I think is kind of dumb. You know, if you don't play, it shouldn't help your case for MVP. Period. Um, right. But it, and it'll now be interesting to see: does he miss another one? Do they rush him back because how poorly they played that game? Um, you know, you normally when you get an MRI back negative like you said this was just a bone bruise um you're in some pretty bad pain it can be pretty serious and you know if if the Warriors have any brains at all they say screw the 10 losses we're going to go out we're going to try to win all the games that from now on that he's out and we're going to give him a week two weeks to fully heal that leg because if you want to play the little guy card the little guy with an injury is going to keep getting injured okay it's that simple right um play be smart LeBron went, he had a sore back, and he took off more time than he needed to. And he gets killed. Swallow your pride and be smart. You want to win a championship. You don't kick. I would much rather go 41 and 41 and then win a championship than go 72 and 10 and lose in the Western Conference Finals. And if you don't agree with that, then you're stupid. 
It's that simple. You're an idiot. Right. So go rest him. Yeah. Come back. Maybe you have four losses when he comes back if you give him two weeks. Maybe four losses. Let's not get that, Mr. Truth. This team is still a very, very, very good team without Steph Curry. Probably. Correct. You have to. You have to get him healthy 100%. Not halfway there, not a quarter of the way there. You have to get him 100% healthy for the stretch run. You, you know, the Spurs aren't far behind you. You need him in that no. second half of the season. You need him the three times you play the Spurs. So go get him healthy. Don't make it worse. And then not only just the leg, when you have an injury like that, you start to overcompensate. And that's when you see so many a small injury turn into a bad injury. One one knee is kind of banged up and you tear an ACL, and the other one you can't say so much. Sit him out, get him healthy, bring him back, and win some more ball games. Well, speaking of the Spurs, they destroy. I mean, I mean, you you say the Mavericks beat the Warriors last night. The the Spurs. I mean, I just talked about Nova uh, Villanova and Xavier. Uh, the Spurs. Uh, they 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 absolutely dismantled the Suns. 112 to 79. Look, I really don't care who walks into San Antonio right now. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to beat this team right now. Now, a, a week, two weeks from now, maybe, but we don't know. But right now, you could put a healthy Warrior team playing San Antonio right now in San Antonio. Like tonight, Warriors won't win. It won't happen. No one will beat the Spurs right now at home. They are playing so well at home. I haven't seen them ever play this well at home. And trust me, I've been watching the Spurs since I was. 12, 11 years old, and that was about, you know, 15 years ago, uh, uh, 13 years ago. This team is playing so well at home right now, 19-0, and and they're 28-6. and In the win column, they're one game behind the Warriors. They're only one game back. Now, realistically, they're three and a half because they, they they got six losses. But at home, they are just so dominant. I mean, when Tyson Chandler gets a double double with 11 and 10, you know you had a bad night from the rest of your team. You know you did because the the rest of the Spurs just dominated. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Manu Ginobili. What's his name? Manu Ginobili. That's how much. That's how irrelevant he's been on this team for the last couple of years. He's a what's his name now. Uh, but but Manu Ginobili made a crazy pass last night uh, off the ground to Kawhi Leonard in transition. I mean that, that's that's how in the zone this team is. And and Tim Duncan didn't even play last night, if I'm not mistaken. If he did, he rarely played. This team is transitioning and they're playing their best basketball at home. And it's crazy to say and to hear people, you know, talk about the Warriors and being so good and rah rah rah. Well, this this San Antonio Spurs team is right there. Uh, uh, Blazers get the win again, one ten to one hundred three over the Nuggets. Uh, they're still playing well. CJ McCollum, twenty nine points, three rebounds, four assists, just pushing his effort to be the most improved player in the league. He's playing unbelievable. Talking about also the sixth man of the year in my opinion, is Will Barton. 31 points, five rebounds, four assists. This guy is playing out of his mind off the bench. He is playing unbelievable, inspired basketball for a team, really, that I don't think has a chance at doing anything when it comes to postseason conversation with the Nuggets. But you talk about a guy who, when he comes off the bench, brings the most spark in the NBA. Will Barton is the guy. He is playing amazing basketball. And what he did last night in Portland, coming back to Portland, impressive, impressive stuff. Talk about impressive stuff. Ish Smith. You talk about a guy who has changed the entire ent- – this is insane because Ish Smith is a guy where you would kind of attribute to like a minor league basketball player who came over to the 76ers on kind of a whim trade, and he has now gone 2-1. and one. Think about that, 2-1 and one with the Philadelphia 76ers in his last three ball games, and it helps that you got Jalil Okafor back, 
and Nerlens Noel is finally playing his brand of basketball, you're seeing this team come together all of a sudden. Now, are they going to go to the playoffs? I kind of made a far-fetched opinion off the air before the show saying they might, but no. The, the Eastern Conference is too good this year. Now, if the Eastern Conference was the way it was the last 15 years, maybe, but no. They're not going to make the postseason, but a team could potentially win 20 Maybe 30 games now, maybe. Now, if they play their best basketball the rest of the year, they could win 30. And that's not – I know we're talking crazy. They just won the third game, 110 to 105 over the Kings. But seriously, this Ish Smith guy has created a, a rejuvenation factor for this, for this organization where now everyone's playing great basketball. Just great. New Orleans the Wells has been playing fantastic these last three games. Uh, Jaleel Okafor fits into the mold a little bit better. I mean, I was talking to some guys on Twitter about the Philadelphia 76ers, and they were saying, look, man, I don't know what's going on. And they were just being really sarcastic and over-the-top crazy about it. But they were just like, this team legitimately looks like a brand-new team with Ish Smith, and he's just one guy. What does he bring to this team, Andrew? I know you were talking about him the other day, but seriously, he's playing outstanding for this team right now. Andrew, you there? Andrew, I don't know. If, I don't know where Andrew's at. I don't know what's going on. Um, I can't hear him. Uh, are you there, Andrew? Well, either way, uh, the Rocky theme is uh, every time the 76ers win, we play the Rocky theme, and uh, that's the case there because uh, they won, and the 76ers have won their third game of the year. Good for them. It's an exciting time in Philadelphia. Ish Smith era is in a full effect. Two and one. MVP of the NBA. No debate. Ish Smith all day, every day. All the 76er fans, that's all they can talk about is Ish Smith and a guy in Jaleel Okafor and another guy in Nerlens Noel. They're playing outstanding basketball out there in Philadelphia. So uh, I don't know what's going on with Andrew's uh, line, but uh, once he gets back, we'll get his take. I'm going to mute him real quick. Um, and then we'll put him back on and see if that works. Andrew, do you hear me? You're not coming through. I can't hear you at all. I, I cannot hear you at all. So, unfortunately, he's not there. Um, he may call in back in. Who knows what's going to happen with that. Anyway, we got our recap coming up uh, of the year. We're going to jump into the podcast a little bit. We got about two and a half minutes left on the show. Um, I wanted to ask Andrew some New Year's questions. Uh, hopefully he gets back on here shortly. If not, we'll figure it all out eventually. Um, NBA, though, talking about this weekend, we have a huge preview coming up and three big games in, in, in college basketball as well. Um, NBA games, six NBA games on the docket, New Year's Eve. Um, New Year's Eve, we got six of them tonight. Indiana and Milwaukee, uh, they're in Indiana. Indiana's favored by five and a half, take the five and a half. Detroit's favored by seven and a half over Minnesota, take the seven and a half. Detroit's going to win. Golden State are underdogs to Houston minus two. Golden State's going to win this ballgame tonight, people. I don't understand why people are thinking the other way. Uh, rematch the Western Conference Finals from 2015 uh, this year. Uh, Houston is favored by two. Take Golden State. They're going to win the ballgame. Clippers and Pelicans. Pelicans are favored by two and a half. Take the, take the Clippers. They're going to win that ballgame. I don't know why they're underdogs. That's a good game, though. Uh, Phoenix at Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is favored by 15. Look, Oklahoma City is going to destroy Phoenix tonight. They're going to get the victory. They're going to win. Portland in Utah. Utah is favored by three and a half. Take Portland. They've been playing great basketball as of late. Take them. They're going to get the win there. All the other games over the weekend, New Year's Day, uh, day uh, five on New Year's Day. Magic are going for the 20th win against the Washington Wizards. Watch for that one. That's a good one. Dallas is going Dallas is going for their 20th win of the season against Miami, a rematch of the 
2006 NBA Finals, both of those. Interesting note, I was looking at this stat last night. The last time an NBA Finals did not have Kobe Bryant or LeBron James was in the 2006 NBA Finals when Dwayne Wade won it with Shaquille O'Neal. Think about that. That's a crazy stat. That is an insane stat to go across. we got about a minute left in the show. In the live edition, we're going to go over to the podcast real quick and finish it out there. Uh, but that is a crazy stat. And if you really want to go in-depth more with that, the last time there was an NBA Finals without Shaq, uh, Kobe, LeBron, it was the 2005 NBA Finals the year before with Tim Duncan. And If you want to go back to without Tim Duncan and LeBron and, and Kobe and Shaq, those four players, man, I tell you, it's, it's been a long time because 2004 had Shaq, 2003, 2002, 2001, 2000, 99, had Tim Duncan. Last time was MJ in 98. So think about, think about that. I mean, think, think about that for a second. The last time we had a great player in. Andrew, are you there? Yep, yep, I'm back. My computer went to crap again. I got it working, and then it went. It's no problem. We're going to go into the podcast here in just a moment, um, and now we are, and uh, we're in the podcast portion. we got about 15 minutes left. I wanted to ask your opinion on Ish Smith before we, get it, before, we re, before we preview all these games. What's your opinion on him? Yeah, for some reason, and I can't describe it, it feels like this guy has a presence. Um, And and it's not like he's this uh, storied vet, this guy who's done a lot in his career. He's been, you know, a nobody his entire career, but he just feels like he has a calming over this team. Um, Like, they traded for him, and it just went, well, maybe we can win a couple guys. Maybe this this isn't impossible. Um, You know, and it's a guy who I've been a fan of since last year, uh, you know, he's, he's he's a good FanDuel player because he's never too expensive. Uh, you know, obviously we're here in the FanDuel studios. But this, this is a guy who, you know, we were talking before the show. I think he got a little bit excited. Uh, you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I really think that now this team, and this is saying something with this start, I don't think this team will be the worst team in NBA history anymore. Um, I think they can get up towards that 15 win mark. They'd have to go. Let's see, thirteen and or excuse me, twelve and something like forty, twelve and forty the rest of the year. I don't think that's impossible. Um, you know, that would be to not be the worst team ever. Uh so you know, yeah. I think that's their that's their goal right now, play for pride. Um and hopefully, you know, this team keeps this, this level of play up and tells you know maybe where they can compete for the number two kick in the draft, the number two kick in the lottery. So um, yeah. You know, they're not far. The Lakers aren't far in front of them. I think they're two or three games in front of them. So, you know, this team is still uh, it's still a very, very bad team. Let's not jump the gun. It's still one of the worst teams you've ever seen, uh, but they are going to be a quite quite a bit better now. Yeah, I, I got really excited before the show, so that was that was my bad. But I, I do think I do think that he brings an improvement to the team like no other. Um, it's New Year's Day. It's New Year's Eve today, Andrew. I mean. You got any plans for New Year's Eve? Uh, I'm probably just gonna hang out. I, I don't do much. Yeah. I'm kind of a uh, I'm kind of a loner. Uh, me and my girlfriend like to just kind of hang out. We work a lot. We both work, you know, fifty plus hours a week, and then we just kind of hang out. Um, you know, might might hang out with a couple of our friends, but we're not gonna go party hard or anything. She's got to work first thing in the morning. She's a waitress, so. 
you know, she's definitely going to okay. work the day after the day after drunk holidays. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we might hang out with people, n- not do much. I hope I hope you get to see your girlfriend tonight and get to kiss her at midnight. Is that going to be the case? That's going to be the case. Yes, that will be that will be happening. Uh, that will that will happen as well. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask you some questions about this year. Just three questions. I mean, what was your best series of the? What was the best series you can remember this year, like in the NBA playoffs? I mean, it's 2015. What was your favorite series? I already know mine, but I think yours is going to be Clippers and Spurs. Absolutely. Um, hey. I- Mine, uh, you know, I, I don't like the Clippers or the Spurs, so that was a great series. But the series I was most invested in and most just every single time it was on, I was, you know, down on my knees just, like, praying. You know, I'm yelling at my girlfriend whenever LeBron wouldn't make a shot because I forced her to watch every single one of those games with me. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. She hates sports. She hates them. And but it was the it was the Cavs Warriors NBA Finals. Uh, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It was frustrating. It was stupid. The injuries made me angry. Uh, but it was man, it was awesome. And then I think this is the toughest question to ask. But what was the best game of the year for you? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Game Seven of the of the for, of the first round of that Clippers Spurs. That was that was one of the best. That was I could watch that fourth quarter on repeat, even though my team lost. Over and over and over, the intensity, the quality of basketball, the back and forth, the emotion, the crowd, the the game-winning shot by Chris Paul, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. And that was a first-round Game 7 game. It was unbelievable. What was your game of the year? Uh, I got to agree with you on that. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. But I do want to, since I'm a homer and I always got to find a way to mention them, I do want to give a close runner-up to the four-overtime game between the Pistons and the Bulls. That was amazing. But I got a couple for you oh, yeah. real quick. Okay. The mo- who you got most surprising player of the year in the NBA? Most surprising? Uh, I would say C.J. McCollum this whole year. He's been unbelievable. I mean, he has been unbelievable this last couple of weeks and throughout this last month, actually, he's been outstanding. And he has really carried this Portland Trailblazer team, and he's been the most uh, shocking player, I would say. You have two more, and then I'll let you take it away real quick. All right, the MVP of 2015 for you, and who will be the MVP of 2016? Uh, MVP of 2016 is going to be LeBron James. Look, people, you don't think LeBron James is – is the best player in the league and doing what he's doing with a struggling Cavs team. They're struggling right now and they're 21 and nine. They're struggling and they're 21 and nine. This, this guy, he, he is, he's been revolutionary in the game for a while, but he is the best player in basketball for a reason. It's, it's, it's last year. What this, this 2015 has been all about Steph Curry and deservedly. So I, I don't think anyone will deny that, but at the same time, LeBron James is still the best basketball player in the world. Steph Curry is not the best basketball player in the world. He's the best shooter in the world, not the best basketball player. So I got to pick up. I think LeBron's going to win MVP, and he's going to be the best player in the world next year. Uh, I'm with you on that 100%. 100%. He's a, wait, wait. And I want this. I want to say this before we get off air. I want everybody yep. to call in on Monday and just scream at me if you disagree. You said LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world. I'm saying LeBron yeah, is. James is the best basketball player to ever step foot on a basketball court. Oh, controversy. Woo, woo, woo. 
Everyone's going to go crazy for that one. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to get your picks real quick on who you got in the college football playoff games tonight, and then we'll just end the show. So how about that? Yeah, I got uh, I got Clemson and Bama. I'm, I'm rooting for it to be Oklahoma and Michigan State. I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan, but I do want to root for Michigan State in this one. I like the way they play. I like the way they've been growing, uh, you know, from – from scratch, almost with the low recruits. Now their recruiting class is first starting to pick up. I do want, I do really want, you know, Michigan State to win, but I do have uh, Clemson and Alabama in the college football championship. I am in full agreement with what you have. I, I want, I think it's going to be Clemson, Alabama, but I want to see Oklahoma and Michigan State win. I really like both those teams. I think it's going to be a fun, fun night tonight. Um, and uh, again, there's 27 games on the weekend for the NBA. Three. College games, I'm going to mention those real quick. Baylor at Kansas, Big 12 matchup, big-time game, 23 versus 2. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State at uh, number 3, Oklahoma, and then Butler at Xavier. Uh, no, 1 p.m. Eastern is the Butler-Xavier game for the Big East. Big 12, Iowa State at Oklahoma, ESPN 2, 7 p.m. Eastern, and 4 p.m. Eastern is Baylor-Kansas. you got six straight hours of quality college basketball on a Saturday, and that's going to do it for our show today. It is... Andrew, do you still hear me? Do you still hear me? Yep. Yep, all good. Oh, I'm still in the air. Thank God they haven't cut me off. Anyway, 40, episode 41 is in the books. New Year's Eve 2015 is in the books. 27 games this weekend in the NBA. A lot of things could happen. A lot of crazy things could happen and unfold. Again, my name is Chris. Have a Please have a safe New Year's Eve for all of us. For the love of God, have a safe New Year's Eve. Um, and please uh, enjoy yourselves this weekend and watch a lot of college football, a lot of NBA basketball, and a lot of college basketball. For Andrew and I, thank you again on CLNS Radio. We will see you on Monday, same time, same place. Have a good one, people. Have a good one.